0: Welcome to Digging In with the Missouri Farm Bureau. This is Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. We're talking with Spencer Tuma this week to get an update on what all's going on in Washington, D.C. with the farm bill negotiations because we are really getting down to the wire. We think it's actually about to get done, maybe within the next week or two. So we're going to update you on that, plus, talk a little bit about the trade situation and what's going on with Canada and Mexico. So let's get started. <laughs> Spencer Toome is our Director of National Legislative Programs. And, Spencer, it's good to have you back this week. We've uh, taken a week off of talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C., because we were able to speak with Gary Wheeler last week about the situation with the soybean crop this year. And uh, a lot happened in the last uh, couple of weeks since we discussed things, and we've really had some major developments along especially the lines of the Farm Bill and trade. So uh, let's start off with getting into the Farm Bill and where we stand on that. Uh, We started back in D.C. this week with Congress, and uh, it sounds like they're actually making some real progress.
1: Yeah, so there's certainly no shortage of things to talk about in agricultural policy right now. Uh, Congress did return on Tuesday after Labor Day from their month-long district work period in August. Um, And actually, the Farm Bill Conference Committee met on Wednesday, September 5th. Um, It was their first formal meeting meeting of the entire 56-member committee um, to discuss the House version of the bill and the Senate version of the bill and how they might be able to reconcile some differences before the end of the month.
0: And those, just to recap, what are the major differences between the House version that passed and the Senate version that passed?
1: So the House bill uh, made major changes to the nutrition title or the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Some people know that as the SNAP program. It was formerly known as food stamps. Uh, the House made several major changes to those program eligibility eligibility requirements for uh, able-bodied working adults without dependents. That was the main program they made changes to. Made some pretty significant changes to the eligibility requirements for for that title, uh, as well as proposed that the acreage cap for the Conservation Reserve Program, or CRP, be raised up to 29 million acres with a cap on county rental rates. Um, So currently the uh, CRP cap is at 24 million acres. So from 24 to 29, that's a pretty big Mm -hmm. uh, jump in the acreage cap. Missouri Farm Bureau policy, of course, supports keeping that cap at 24 million um, and focusing our conservation dollars more towards working lands programs like EQUIP. Um, The Senate bill... They raised the acreage cap up to 25 million acres, so still a difference there, but a little bit smaller of a difference. And the Senate bill did not make those eligibility changes to the SNAP program. Mm -hmm. So, um, of course, the nutrition title is the part of the farm bill that accounts for the most funding and is um, arguably the most partisan in nature. (laughs) Um, So that's going to be the biggest hurdle, I think, to get uh, to the finish line with a final bill.
0: Yeah, and that's – I don't even know if it's arguable that it's sure. the most partisan <laughs> yeah. part of it is. It's definitely the the biggest touchpoint of difference between the two parties and, mm-hmm. and what really was the difference between the House vote, which was extremely narrow, yes. and the Senate vote, which was the widest in history. So um, we actually have a lot of difference between the two sides, uh, the, the House version and the Senate version, based on that SNAP eligibility requ- uh, change requirement mm-hmm. as well. Um, one of the studies that I just saw I think this morning was that if they eliminated the categorical eligibility uh, from the snap program that would take about two million people off of the snap program and that's a program that um, allows if you're if you qualify for some other government assistance you just automatically qualify for food stamps mm-hmm. whether or not you would have qualified on its own on your own um, if you only applied directly for the food stamp program and it's a uh, the way the reason it's there is to kind of, say, paperwork and um, streamline bureaucracy, uh, cut some red tape, but it also makes people say, well, if you wouldn't qualify for the program on its own, why should you qualify for it? just because you, you know, get LIHEAP money or some other type of money um, from your state. So that seems to be a giant point of disagreement there.
1: It is a huge point of disagreement. And like you said, that is the reason that the vote margin was so narrow in the House of Representatives to begin with. If you remember, the first time they brought the bill to the House floor, um, it failed by about 30 votes. It had both Republicans and Democrats voting against it. Um, They did bring it back about a month later, and it did pass by two votes um, with no Democratic, support. In the Senate, we had a much more bipartisan process. Um, So I think that there's four big key players in this Farm Bill Conference Committee. Of course, Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, we should mention, is uh, the lone Missourian who is serving on the House Agriculture Committee and was also named a House Farm Bill Conferee. So we're grateful for her leadership on ag issues. Um, But the main four players are Chairman Mike Conaway of the House Ag Committee, Ranking Member Colin Peterson, Senator Pat Roberts, who's the Senate Ag Committee Chairman and Senator Debbie Stabenow, who's the ranking member from Michigan.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and those four members, just to recap as well, um, Chairman Conaway is from Texas, Texas. kind mm-hmm. of the, the panhandle of Texas, I believe, uh, West Texas out there. And um, chair, Ranking Member Peterson is from Minnesota. And then you have Debbie Stabenow from Michigan, and Pat Roberts is from Kansas. So you kind of have a, a spread across the whole The range of geography Mm -hmm. that has a bunch of different crops. Actually, Chairman Conaway uh, is the largest cotton producing district in the nation, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so you have the southern crops and then the northern crops, the sugar beet people, and kind of everybody in between. Um, so there's a lot of uh, s- pulls between those different geographies as well mm-hmm. with those four main people that are discussing these differences.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting dynamics that play with those regional differences. And I do think there's a commitment from all four of those leadership um, leadership individuals to uh, maintain the current crop insurance program, which was, of course, Missouri Farm Bureau's number one priority for the farm bill, as well as continuing and strengthening those Title I farm safety net programs. So, uh, of, th- of course, there have been some disagreements along the way. Um, The House Ag Committee chairman and ranking member had some very, very frank disagreements over the way the nutrition title was written in Mm -hmm. the House. Um, But we're hopeful that the conference committee, I mean, that's the point of the conference committee, is to right. work out those differences, to find a compromise that is going to work for everyone, and hopefully we'll have a farm bill by September 30th. But um, the legislative clock is ticking. Uh, there's a lot of other things going on in Washington too, like uh, things such as you know funding the government. So um, there's pretty much two big items on the to-do list before the end of the month.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, speaking of those four members, after they did the have, the, have the public meeting this week, then there was also a behind-closed-doors mm-hmm private meeting of those big four uh, members to try to hash out some of those details. And it sounds like everybody said it was productive, but, you know, they they actually confronted each other about the things that... Um, that are the big differences. They didn't you know, tiptoe around it, it sounds like.
1: Yeah. Uh, my understanding is it was a very frank and honest discussion of you know, differing viewpoints and trying to really figure out a solution of how we can move forward. My understanding is they met for about two hours, uh, which is a pretty long meeting on Capitol yeah. Hill if you've ever been out there. So um, I think it was productive. Everything I'm hearing is saying that it was productive and, and hopefully we'll continue to move forward. But um, in order to have a score from the Congressional Budget Office on the bill, which is going to be really important to members who are voting on it. Um, I have been told that the approximate deadline for that is going to be September 12th or 13th. So mm-hmm. uh, we could see farm bill text as early as next week.
0: Yeah, and I saw that after that two-hour meeting, they sent some ideas over to CBO mm-hmm. as you know to run them up the flagpole and see what would these uh, ideas maybe end up scoring, just as on their own, rather than sending the whole bill to them. So you know maybe that will uh, allow them to. To make some progress, once they get those scores back, probably in the next day or two, yeah. um, get some make some progress in the negotiations. But yeah, that clock is really running running down fast because the twelfth or thirteenth of September is is not far away at yes, all. Yes, next this
1: point. next Wednesday is the thirteenth, yeah. I believe, or the twelfth. So
0: yeah, that's going to be tough to write uh, this big of a bill in that much time. But uh, hopefully, they'll be able to iron out those differences.
1: Yeah, sure, um, hope so.
0: And and like you mentioned, there's several other things on Congress's plate at the same time. Not to mention the fact that. Uh, you know dc is kind of in turmoil this week Mm -hmm. given the bob woodward book that came out and then the anonymous op-ed in the new york times by a senior administrative official administration official um those have seemed to just throw everything on their head which you know to some degree i think that sometimes helps things like this get done because then there's not so much media attention Mm -hmm. on these negotiations and they're able to just kind of move through without um, everything blowing up. Yeah. But, you know, when distractions happen, sometimes it makes everything just grind to a standstill. So right. we'll, we'll see.
1: There's certainly a lot going on legislatively and then in the media and off the Hill as well. But uh, we also should mention that the um, Senate Judiciary Committee is holding um, oh, right. their confirmation hearings for our new Supreme Court justice nominee um, from the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, co- that's, very... that. <laughs> that's that's a very— I forget that. That's caused, how crazy it caused a lot of media attention to be focused— on Capitol Hill on the Senate side mm-hmm. um, and, and has taken up a lot of the, um, I think, taken a lot of air out of the room as yeah. far as things going on in D.C. Well, and the
0: same day, uh, they're also having Senate hearings. Well, uh, maybe it was a, it was a House hearing mm-hmm. with um, Twitter CEO Jack, Jack Dorsey. Dorsey. Mm-hmm. So really, this is one of the busiest weeks in D.C. that we've seen in a long, long time. And like I say, that may actually bode well for the Farm Bill being able to kind of quietly sneak its way through yeah. um, and and get something actually in front of the members to vote on. So mm-hmm. keep on crossing our fingers. But the other big issue that, that's really uh, hanging over everyone's head is government funding. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is something that the timeline scares me a little bit, is that the uh, end of the fiscal year for the federal government is September 30th. So the uh, Congress needs to pass something before that, or else there will be a shutdown. Mm-hmm. And I saw some reporting earlier this week that the uh, the House especially is really planning and hoping to get a funding bill passed soon, really mm-hmm. early, and then head out of town. Yeah. And if that's the case, they might not have an opportunity to vote on the farm bill. Right. Uh, if they if they say vote on something next week and then go home to campaign, honestly, for a couple of weeks. Of additional time that they hadn't scheduled to um, that could really make it hard to even get a vote so uh, any news you've seen on on the funding piece
1: no so i haven't been following it quite as closely as i have been following the farm bill to be quite honest with you but um, i did read earlier this week that it looks like on both in both chambers they are farther along this year on appropriations bills than they have been in years past so i Mm. think that's very encouraging Um, i do think the administration Uh, When they signed the last short-term budget extension, um, they reiterated the fact that they would like to see this done in regular order, the proper way, not done through an extension. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think that puts a little bit of pressure on Congress. Um, However, a lot of things can happen between now and the end of the month. And um, as things get busier, I just don't know how the chips will fall.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll uh, keep on watching that closely. The other issues that are really hot in the ag world right now mostly revolve around trade. Mm -hmm. And we've had some pretty significant developments over the past couple of weeks on that. Uh, What have we seen there?
1: Yeah, so actually, for the first time in several weeks, I do have good news on trade. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, actually, some very positive developments have happened. Um, the Trump administration announced last week that they have reached a preliminary agreement with Mexico on a renegotiated NAFTA, which is very good news, especially for our pork producers and our corn producers, as, among others. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding, and I haven't had the chance to um, review the agreement in full, but my understanding is that that will return us to zero tariffs on agricultural trade between the two countries. Mm -hmm. Canada has been a little bit reluctant to come back to the table after some harsh words were exchanged between our government and their government several months ago. Um, But I do think now that we have things pretty much buttoned up with Mexico, I think Canada wants to come back to the table. Talks mm-hmm. are taking place. Um, they're moving pretty slowly. Of course, our big hangup uh, with Canada, of course, is their dairy supply management system. Mm-hmm. And we would really like some additional market access into the Canadian market. Um, they're very protective of that system, which has caused the negotiations to move very slowly but they are moving which is progress from the last time we mm-hmm. were on the podcast so Congress has to reapprove a renegotiated NAFTA it can't just be done unilaterally by the president so he has sent an official notification to Congress that a deal has been reached with Mexico and they have given Canada until the end of the month to come to the table and really start making progress on an agreement
0: yeah and that's really is huge news because Canada and Mexico are our number one and number two trading mm-hmm. partners and like you you mentioned corn, especially is a lot of Missouri corn goes directly to Mexico. Yes, um, shipped on the Kansas City Southern Railroad. A lot of it is uh, that's called the NAFTA Railroad by a lot of people, and um, so that's extremely important to Missouri farmers. I believe I saw that um, before from from the time before NAFTA was passed uh, back in the nineties. To today, corn uh, sales from America to Mexico have gone from just a handful of million dollars a year to over three billion dollars mm-hmm. a year. Yes, I mean it was like double digits of millions before. Now it's three billion, so that's a just a massive amount of increase. And we we need to have that uh, as a continuous uh, purchaser of the goods that mm-hmm. we that we produce, especially right here in Missouri. Yeah. Um, so that is definitely positive news. But you know, there's a long way to go before we get Canada. Uh, completely ironed out, and that's important too.
1: Right, and we still have to remember that there are still a lot of ongoing issues with China. Um, mm-hmm. Many probably saw that last week the USDA also announced the details of their market facilitation program, which is um, sometimes known as the trade aid package. is going to provide direct payments to eligible producers who have suffered losses due to trade uncertainty mm-hmm. around the world. Um, so we're thankful that the USDA and the administration has seen the need for such a program for farmers and ranchers. Uh, Unfortunately, Missouri Farm Bureau had advocated for special consideration of our drought-impacted counties um, because we are still experiencing a very severe drought in some parts of our state. Um, The USDA did not provide any special considerations in the first round of those market facilitation payments, um, but we're going to continue to carry that message, and we're hopeful that um, we would be able to make some changes to that program as it moves forward. Right,
0: and you did show me the the form that you would actually have to fill out Mm -hmm. to Give the government the information necessary to to register for the program. And uh, it seemed like, you know, it is a fairly straightforward uh, form. It's two uh, front and back of one page. Mm -hmm. Um, What all are people going to have to have to? sign up for that?
1: Yeah, so um, the biggest thing to remember is that you cannot apply for the program until you have actually harvested your crop. So Mm -hmm. you have to prove your harvest numbers, your production numbers, in order to be considered for the program. So you can actually fill out that form online once you have that proof. Um, There are several different documents, and you might want to elaborate a little bit on that. Um, There are several different documents you can use to prove your production history, um, and then you can um, fill out your form online or you can go in your local FSA office and they should be able to help you fill it out.
0: Yeah, and I, I was reading a little bit about the the actual documentation that they're going mm-hmm. to be requiring. The bottom line is if you are not sure if you have the right documentation, call your local FSA office and they will walk you through what, mm-hmm. what they need to see. Um, but they've tried to make it as easy as possible um, to use various different ways of um, Of showing what your production was. I think the most important thing that I saw uh, that you might not think of is if you are going to be putting grain into a bin um, this year and storing it, you need to prove um, how much was already in the bin before you started harvesting this Mm -hmm. year. Um, So you have to get uh, that certified before you begin uh, your storage of this year's crop. Um, And then also prove at the, uh, you know, with bills of lading or your Um, your delivery tickets that uh, show exactly how much product you delivered to an elevator. That's the type of thing that you're going to have to turn in just to prove this is actually um, something I harvested this year. I'm not trying to claim it on last year's crop or something like
1: that. Yes. Yeah, so the USDA estimates that that form will only take about 30 minutes to complete. Um, so I would definitely encourage farmers and ranchers who are eligible or who maybe are interested in finding out if they're eligible to go online to farmers.gov and they can find the information there on that website. Or again, contact your local FSA office. They will be able to help you. Um, it should be pretty easy to complete and easy to fill out. But if anybody has questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with someone.
0: Very good. All right. Well, I appreciate you following all this stuff and we're going to keep on watching all the news as it develops i think that we're going to have a lot to report next time
1: that sounds great we'll see you then All right, thanks, Spencer. Bye.
0: thanks for joining us we look forward to talking to you next week with good news about what's going on with the farm bill negotiations so tune in next week we'll talk to you then